<laughs> I had to open the podcast like that. Welcome to Daddy Oxcord. I'm your host, Deja Guillermo. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a college student at Northwestern University studying theater and psychology. I'm also Dominican from Queens, New York, born and raised, and I created this podcast with the intention of sharing topics I'm passionate about, things that excite me, things I'm skeptical about, basically things I can talk about forever. And I've been doing my little Snapchat rants and my Instagram rants for as long as I've had those apps, and I have picked my friends' and family's brains, I've let them pick mine. But this is ultimately a more permanent medium to store all that information, open up conversations, and it's also a more formal setting to do so because I plan on getting academic with it, psychological with it, human with it, spiritual with it. Basically, I'm taking all the things that I've learned across different fields and domains in my life, whether it's academic, you know, from classes, teachers, articles, etc., whether it's through acting and what it's taught me about digging into the human condition, whether it's spiritual, which is just to say that we're acknowledging that there's something bigger than us out there, whatever that means to you and stepping out of it. I'm using all of these things, kind of tying them together. I by no means know it all with my early 20s self because there's simply too much I have yet to learn, but I do know how to talk about it because I do it so often with my friends and I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts and I'd love to share in a more, like I said, formal way. So without further ado, today on this first episode, I want to talk about my ultimate goal this summer. Presence. Being present. This has mattered to me a lot over the last few years, especially this summer, because I've come to the conclusion that time is just not real. Now, obviously, we operate on time. There's a space-time continuum. We are traveling through the fourth dimension as I speak. But what I mean to say is that our perceptions of time are so distorted because of where our minds reside most of the time, which is the future, the past, or what we think is the present but is not actually the present. So what we end up with is a distorted picture of time. And therefore, it doesn't feel real. I've always been very upset when I feel like time flew, especially because of the quote, time flies when you're having fun. But when I didn't have any fun, and I don't know what just went by, I don't feel happy. I don't feel content. So how do I combat this? I've always felt most content when I give situations my full attention and found peace and even joy in those circumstances. So I really wanted to hone in on that experience. And I thought about two books that have been especially salient in putting me on that path. The first is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle that I finished super, super recently. And the other is The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman that I finished a few years ago by the recommendation of one of my friends. Shout out, TK. I highly recommend both. I also highly recommend taking notes on books of that nature too. I cannot tell you how many times I've been to my Google Docs and I open up the the doc randomly and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm reading exactly what I need to read right now. What I've learned is one of the biggest things to combat the passage of time and feeling like it's not in your grasp, presence. Now, I used to think presence was just being aware and attentive of the current situation that you're in, but in reality, you could think you're present and be completely elsewhere mentally. And we like to think that we can multitask, but unfortunately, psychology has proven that we aren't very effective at multitasking for real because of the way that our executive controls work in our brain. So when we think we're doing two things at once, in actuality, we are just switching back and forth from these things, not giving either one proper attention. I'm not talking about something like doing the dishes and listening to a podcast or listening to music while you're driving. I'm talking about two things that require a lot of your cognitive capacity, like reading an article and listening to your friend tell you about her day. So... What is presence or the now? I'm going to be using those terms interchangeably. The now is when our attention is fully and intensely where we are at present. Because as Toll says a number of times in that book, 
the present moment is all we ever have. We have never experienced, done, or felt anything outside of the now. Nothing that you have ever experienced happened in the past. It happened in the now. This is exactly what he says. And that hit me hard because I realized we are constantly, actively participating in life even when our mind is not in it. That means we are constantly making moves even when we're not in it. Toll says that this is because our minds are conditioned to be the result of all of our past history. So we think a lot in the context of the past, in the context of this collective cultural mindset that we inherited. So we see and we judge the present through the eyes of the past and we end up with a completely distorted view of it. And it makes us feel like we weren't there, that we weren't in it to begin with. And again, it feels like life is out of your grasp. Therefore, we're not in that moment, but we're in a distorted moment. Now, I felt disconnected from the present a number of times in my life, in positive and in negative ways. I remember thinking about things that I was so excited for, looking forward to something so exciting that that's all I can think about, and I miss the present moment entirely. Or I'm wrapped up in fear for something taking place in the future, or I'm thinking about the past, and once again, I am not in the now, I'm not in the present. And so moments just fly by without your participation in it. If you're a student, this is going to class, doing your extracurriculars, going back home, and repeating it day in, day out, and it feels like weeks have gone by and you just have no idea what happened. Same thing if you work a full-time job, you go to work, you go back home, and you just feel like it's months and months. Where were you in those months? So you end up missing out on the beauty that is life. And you can always cope with the present moment. You can always cope with where you are right now, but you cannot cope with something that is only a mind projection. You cannot cope with what's happening in the future. So why waste energy? Why waste mind space on something you literally cannot handle if it's in the future and hasn't happened yet? You cannot change if it's in the past and you're not there. Why would you waste that if you can't take care of it in the present moment? There's an excerpt by Toll that I'm going to read that really blew my mata when I first read it. He says, time isn't precious at all because it is an illusion. What you perceive as precious is not time, but one point that is out of time, the now. That is precious indeed. The more you are focused on time, past, and future, the more you miss the now, the most precious thing there is. Why is it the most precious thing? Firstly, because it is the only thing. It's all there is. The eternal present is the space within which your whole life unfolds, the one factor that remains constant. Life is now. There was never a time when your life was not now, nor will there ever be. Secondly, the now is the only point that can take you beyond the limited confines of the mind. It is your only point of access into the timeless and formless realm of being. Now I read that, y'all, and I said that is life. That is the baseline that we should be after, when moments feel timeless and without form. Now he says time is an illusion. Obviously there are going to be moments when you need to use time for the practical aspects in your life. He calls this clock time, when you gotta plan for the future, you gotta put things in the calendar, you gotta figure things out. But we have to immediately return to the present afterwards, because if not, we build up what's called psychological time, which is when we identify with the past and continuously and compulsively project that into the future. So I think about it in the context of moments that we want to go by quickly. For example, if you've ever been in a New York City subway in the summer when it's hot out, you're done for. Because on a subway platform, it's 10 to 15 degrees hotter in there than it is outside. So within minutes, your back is dripping. You're waiting for the air-conditioned train to arrive. You're frustrated. It says it's like eight minutes away. I've been there. I was there yesterday. I was even there today this morning with my book bag headed to work. But I think there is something so powerful in pushing back on the feeling of wanting the time to go by quickly. 
because there is an accumulation of all those minutes you wish flew by and that's a whole lot of life that you're missing out on. And you might be like, eh, I don't care, like I just want the time to go by quickly. But newsflash, time is never going to go by quickly. Time is a unit that is fixed. It just is what it is. So to sit there and waste energy in a particular headspace, wanting whatever circumstance you're in to not be the case, is you giving up your power to that feeling. It's you letting it take up space in your mind. And you know, that subway platform example is a simple one, but you can apply it to moments of impatience, irritation, when you're not yourself, or you're just enveloped in negative emotion. So I'm on the subway platform, yes, I want to be in the AC, yes, I want to get to my destination, but what about the people watching? What about feeling your being and your aliveness in that moment, listening to your music, expressing gratitude? I'll revisit this, but what about those things? I also want to say, don't wish for things to fly by. And if I sound passionate about it, it's because I'm also telling myself this. Just like you don't want good moments to fly by, you shouldn't want regular moments to fly by either. Because there is so much beauty to be gleaned, and presence is what's needed to become aware of the majesty, the sacredness, the beauty that is nature, whether that's human nature, whether it's the trees and the plants and the birds outside. You cannot fully appreciate these things unless you're in the moment. So in order to further understand presence, we also got to understand what's not presence. And that's forming attachments to circumstances, to desires, to hopes. Because this puts us in the future and or the past. A lot of us think that once we acquire a certain thing, whether it's vocational, like related to your career, financial, romantic, etc., you think you're going to be fulfilled. I learned about this psychological term, it's called the hedonic treadmill. I learned about it in this documentary called Happy, about happiness across the world. It's a theory that essentially says that we have a baseline of happiness that cannot be changed. And even as we continue to achieve, we're going to constantly return to this base level of happiness. But yet we still want more and more, thinking that it's going to raise our base level. I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you live in a small apartment. You think, I, once I make it big and I have my big apartment, I'm going to be so happy. You get that big apartment, you're not happy. Maybe you're content for a couple months, you're like, ah, this is the good life. But then you want more. You want your mansion. You want more money. You want a vacation. You want a better job, etc. Anything that ends up getting in the way of what you think will make you happy is going to upset you. And so you get stuck in that. And you dwell on situations mentally. And you will unconsciously make it a part of yourself. You ask yourself, why can't I be happy? Why can I not be satisfied? I'm doing all these things. And then you end up identifying with it. But the truth of the matter is, your identity isn't rooted in being. Being with a capital B. It is a needy mental construct that's vulnerable to the randomness of life. That's what your identity is. That's the ego, if you want to think about it in those terms. So how do we remove our attachment to things that we think are going to make us happy? I've got another quote for you from Milman. He says in The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, when you understand the source clearly, you'll see that the ripples of your mind have nothing to do with you. You'll just watch them without attachment, no longer compelled to overreact every time a pebble drops. You will be free of the world's turbulence as soon as you stop taking your thoughts so seriously. Remember, when you are in trouble, let go of your thoughts. Now this is not to say that our thoughts or feelings don't have value. It's simply to say that just like we can give these thoughts and feelings power through engagement, we can also just disengage. We can accept those feelings for what they are and keep it pushing instead of trying to combat them or solve them. Because what that essentially does is takes us out of the now. Now, if you have a way of fixing a situation, 
do it. Do it fully. Be present while you're doing it. But if not, if there is nothing you can do, let it go. My acting teacher taught us this 10-minute rule in relation to auditions, casting, etc. You know, when things don't go your way, you got about 10 minutes to essentially cry about it. Then you wipe your tears, take a deep breath, and you keep it pushing. We can apply these same principles to life. So how do we make the most of our time and remain present? For me, I thought about this in a couple ways. One, you gotta feel the world through your senses. Name for yourself what you're seeing, what you're hearing. Acknowledge what you're feeling physically. If you're in a wonderful situation, describe to yourself what makes it wonderful. And it doesn't have to be an explicit description, just an acknowledgement of the feelings. Now, it's easier for some people. If you really struggle, I would recommend saying it for yourself. I'm an aesthetic person. I love film. I love music. I love vibes. So I could tell you exactly why Before Sunrise is my favorite movie of all time. I can tell you why if I revisit a certain playlist that I made in high school, why it scratches a certain itch every single time. I've been able to kind of cultivate these feelings for myself, cultivate what makes things so enjoyable for me. It's all about staying in track with the moment you're in, and I recommend you do the same. I'll give you another example of not being completely present. I go to school with a beautiful-ass campus, but because of the academic nature of that space, because of the go-go-go mentality that a lot of the students carry, it's very hard to be present, and I don't notice it. I end up succumbing to the stress. I end up succumbing to, damn, what do I have to do? Damn, what did I do today? I get so lost in that that I don't even notice the trees, the birds, the bunnies. We got mad bunnies on our campus. And now it's easier to do that when it's nice out, when it's warm out, when the sky is blue, when it's spring. It's not always easy. Like winter quarter when it's frigid, when I have my heavy ass bag and coat, I'm exhausted, I'm cold. You think I'm looking at trees? No, but I encourage you, just like I encourage myself, to find those moments to be appreciative of because they certainly exist. Speaking of appreciative also, a major part of staying present is expressing gratitude and a lot. And this doesn't have to be external. You don't always have to say, I appreciate this, I appreciate you, though it is very powerful. But even things that you can't really thank, like the trees, the wind, the sun, unless you do thank them, that's fire too. But you can keep this internal. When it becomes so second nature, you don't realize how much more life becomes. Even the most mundane things, your coffee is just the way you like it. Your playlist did exactly what it needed to do when you press shuffle. The more you practice, the more you clean the lenses you look at life through. The more you are present, the more satisfied you are. Notice I didn't say happy. The more satisfied you are. I'll get to that in a little bit. And yeah, it could sound very yeah, yeah, whatever, rah, rah, woosah. I'm a fairly skeptical person and I'm stubborn with a lot of different things. But you can't really argue with a lot of the things I'm talking about because we spend so much time in worry, anxiety, and stress. And this doesn't invalidate misfortune or trauma, or the incredibly hard times that we go through as individuals. What this philosophy does is teach us how to keep finding inner peace in our lives, finding the beauty of it, taking ourselves out of this mentality that things are being done to us by the universe instead of thinking about what we are doing to the universe. I've got another quote for y'all. This is by Toll. He says, A victim identity is the belief that the past is more powerful than the present, which is the opposite of the truth. And this is facts! Because ultimately, we have no power in the past. We have none. What we do have power in is the now. The power of now. Random bad things, this is important, random bad things are going to happen to us on a scale of inconvenient 
too tragic. Again, this is random. This is just the way that life goes. This is being with a capital B. I took a class, Buddhist psychology. One of the key paths to enlightenment is accepting the fact that suffering, dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A, suffering is a gross understatement of what that word really entails, but that dukkha is simply a part of life. To constantly live in a state of fear, of stress, of worry, of grievance, is to take away from the beauty that exists naturally in our lives, inherently in our lives. So finding presence and honoring presence are some of the most important tools that we have at our disposal to live a life that is fulfilling and it's not always going to be happy. But that's a major point. Don't strive to be happy because we cannot rely on happiness for anything because it's so transient. But we can always be loving and appreciative of life. We can always find good. I don't always have to be happy to find the people in my life. I can love them in spite of and because of whatever's going on in my life. That's what presence is to me. Another thing I forgot to mention earlier, in terms of appreciation and appreciating things just for what they are, they do not need to serve a purpose in order for us to appreciate them. I had a conversation like this with my friends. A tree doesn't have to do anything besides be a tree to be loved and appreciated. It is inherently worthy. Of course it does a number of things for us, but that is not what makes it a tree. Just like we are inherently worthy. There's nothing that we have to do or produce to make us so. Now, these are all concepts that I've been working towards, and I'm in no way perfectly enlightened. I still get pissed off when I'm on the subway platform and it's hot as hell. I still get upset when something upsets me, when something makes me sad, any type of negative emotion. But then I gotta think, wait, I'm attaching so much to this when I can just be here and now. And making that flip, flipping that switch, if you will, has been so important, especially in this phase of my life where every year I'm getting closer and closer to adulthood. I'm dipping my toes right now into adulthood waters. I'm not there yet, but I'm almost there. And there's nothing more important to me, and I think to generally humans, than finding peace in this go, 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 can't stop, won't stop, get guap world. Because if we cannot find the joy, the inner peace, the stability, the baseline, we are simply lost. And I think a big thing that cuts us off from each other is when we don't know how to tap into ourselves. So we are so tapped into the past and into the future that we cannot connect with each other. And that's really fundamentally what we need right now. Say what you want about social media, it is not doing that job. It is not connecting us in the way that we need to be connected right now. And I think it's okay to have negative emotions, but let it drive your actions. Either do something about it or let it go, 10 minute rule. Letting it take over you, whatever those negative emotions or thought processes are, is you relinquishing your power. You don't have to go to a yoga retreat to figure this out. You don't have to take cold showers in the morning. You don't have to meditate for 15 minutes a day or journal as soon as you wake up. <laughs> those are just some of my qualms with the wellness industry. If that works for you, it works for you. What I'm saying is you don't need to do these things. You can find it within yourself. You know, I'm a month into my summer and I feel fulfilled. I am noticing things I haven't noticed before. I'm appreciating moments I haven't even given a second glance at before. And that's all I can really ask for. You know, I think about my ultimate goal, which I create out of the question, what do I really want out of my life? And that's to form connections with people. That's to learn as much as I can. That's to understand people. That's to be in my life and enjoy my life for what it is, no matter how long it is. These are atomic little habits that compound and accumulate and create a difference. I can attest to this. I'm not upset at the ticking clock. I don't need to go crazy to feel fulfilled. Granted, I still go out. I still do my little thing. I do my little dancey dances. But I don't have to do the most crazy lavish things. And I don't have to do it so frequently to feel fulfilled. Because I'm not chasing that. I'm chasing the present. And you don't even have to chase the present. It's at your disposal. It's right where you need it to be. It's in front of you. It's that simple. 
It's that simple. Now, I welcome disagreement. I'm sharing what has given my life more meaning, what makes perfect sense to me. And it's easy to push back on something that you don't fully understand, you haven't practiced it, or even contemplated as well. I get that. It's okay. Let it marinate. Let it do what you gotta do. I think about my acting teacher and bring her up again. She always used to say this in class. She would say, be interested in why you think that. As in, do some introspection. What's making you push back against these notions? You know, she was wise for that. Like I said, I love to talk about this. I feel like it certainly helped me and I think expressing it has further reinforced it for me. I think it's one of the only ways to live. <laughs> Again, you can, you can tap into time when it's practical, when it's needed, but you don't need to live there. It doesn't need to be your home. And I hope you find home and warmth in your presence. It's so important. It's so powerful. In the now. The power is now. Anyway. That's all I have for this episode. You can tell I love my mic. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening. Bye.